Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you live from the my Mariner dog. Sales Studio. Homie G Money. Look, dude, that song, man, Fat Pat, um, jamming out to, to that song, man, it always, always brings me back, dude. Because I know we talk about, like, 90s nostalgia, like, all the time. You weren't even, like, really in it in the 90s, man. I mean, you were, but you were, like, a little, little kid, right? I, I, I'm going to have to Google how old I was when this song <laughs> came out. I'm going to look it up right but, now. So it takes me back to a time, dude, when I had like this, it was a 1979, I think, um, Grand Prix. So it was, no, I think it might have been 82. But anyway, it was like the Grand National, you know, the two-door, big body. Um, and and it was a time where that music was like what we listened to when we woke up in the morning, we jumped in the car and we drove to school and we were jamming some some hip hop, man. And when we got back in our cars and drove home, we were jamming some more hip hop. And when when we went out on the weekends, we were jamming some hip hop. You know, I can't I can't do that these days, man. I can't act like a badass cruising down the street. So, so I was older than I thought. So that song dropped in '98. That song oh, wow. came out in 1998. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm definitely thinking of other hip hop. <laughs> I was I was 14. I, I thought it was I, was I thought it was a lot. When that I thought dropped. it was a lot earlier than, no, than 98. It says 98. 98, bro. I was one year away from from making my own humans. Ghetto Dreams by Fat Pat. Wow. The screwed up click. 1998. Well, I tell you what, man. He did a really good job of uh, keeping that. You know that. That big, that beat, and that rhythm from uh, the early '90s, because that's exactly what it sounds like, dude. Um, some of my favorites, man. Let's talk about that real quick. Some of my favorites from the hip hop era: uh, Easy E, man. I used to love listening to Easy E. I still love li- listening to Easy E, and I'll probably get some shit for that because there probably isn't a whole lot of Easy E listeners out there. Although they probably know the one or two, you know, uh, that kind of woke up quick. At about noon. <laughs> and I remember a good, good friend of mine, some of our listeners that went to high school with, with me and somehow know you, right? Like like Rex the mm. Guzman, he probably just knows you just through fishing. But I went to, to high school with the dude, Pat. 
um you know him and i shit dude we we were in like second grade together and stuff like that but anyway Shout out. pat makes the best chicken ever brown boy chicken and, and listen, that's his, that's his name for it, guys. He calls yeah. it brown, brown boy, boy chicken, <laughs> and it is the best chicken. And I've tried to get his marinade for it, and he will not. T- All he tells me is, I soak my feet in it. That's the only thing he'll tell me about the marinade. He's like garlic and my feet. So, uh, well, shout I, you out know to what? Pat and brown I, boy chicken. I kind of believe him a little bit. You know, um, I went to a uh, Filipino birthday once and he was there and we were in i dude i want to say we were in like third grade or something like that maybe fourth grade and uh bro they had like the pig on the spit and like the apple in its mouth and all that stuff man and i was just like as a kid i was kind of blown away i was like what the hell people actually do this did you get like the crispy pieces of skin uh little known fact about chris is i don't eat pig like that bro oh god i ate everything off that pig the only i mean i'll i'll eat like shredded pork to where you don't know what the hell it is (laughs) i'll eat pork chops but i am not bro not eating a pig off a spit or or a hog like we did a barbecue once for work and some dude like butchered that hog right there and grilled mm-hmm. it and i was like no uh-uh hell no not gonna do it rex had a going away party when he moved to florida that i was invited to where they did the whole hog crispy had like crispy skin on it and there was just nothing but filipino food there was lumpias there was like everything has garlic and rice and it's so delicious because i just kept going to each thing and i had no idea what it was and i'm like yep i want that i want that i want that there's like five different kinds of rice and i was eating then i got to one rice that was sweet i'm like oh this is dessert rice okay so i I ate the dessert rice but i got main course rice you got dessert rice you got breakfast rice probably so many different kinds of rice and so many different kinds of garlic uh beef and garlic pork and i was in heaven so just I, I love Filipino food. Just Lupias, to set things oh straight, bro, I am a very adventurous eater. You know, I like to eat different types of foods, but it's just something about a damn pig on a spit that just turns me off, dude. I just it's it looks so nasty, man. It just looks like it looks delicious. I'm I'm getting the the watery mouth right now. <laughs> no, but when you're I'm almost gonna throw up. Oh, God. I'm getting the watery mouth because I'm like, because you want to grow. I no. want the ear. Give me that crispy. Oh ear. Lord, have mercy! I give that to my dogs. That's the good stuff, man. Anyway, That's the good stuff. anyway. So, what's this episode about, Drew? I mean, it's been a while since we've done a straight tripping episode. I kind of titled this one "Just Tripping." Um, whenever you, I don't know if you saw that. Whenever you logged in, I did. I saw um, it. What? Today, we're kind of going to talk about, you know, you already brought up, like, some tunes and stuff, so we're, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, just what we do when we're getting ready for a trip, when we're planning a trip, maybe some car camping stuff. We have we have a couple things coming up, so you posted, hey, any serious people want to run to Florida, 
and you know do the elite tournaments this year anybody want to run the country to do the elites tournament and it got me thinking hey we should probably do an episode on you know what we do when we pack up our stuff do we have a checklist how we do this how we do that and then we also have the bro staff meetup coming up october 1st and i was like uh what what better time to talk about maybe some truck camp and stuff so this is just kind of a hodgepodge of things we do on a trip getting ready for a trip after a trip just different things that go into now just tripping i i don't think that you do a lot of uh traveling to fish um so if you if you had specific questions about you know what what do you do specifically to travel and fish i could probably answer a lot of those and i know a lot of the bro staff listeners out there there's i was trying to think okay if we were going to invite somebody on here that had some experience with traveling to fish out of our listeners our regular listeners which ones would we reach out to and it's really the ones that are normally on this podcast anyway castro he does a lot of traveling to fish dustin does a lot of traveling to fish um besnick besnick definitely does a lot of traveling to fish but you can't you can't lump besnick into that that same that same crowd because when he, he travels <laughs> bro when he travels to fish it's like money's no big deal he's it's going down and it, it, he's like in fact, we're going to talk about when when I when I talk about the elite, you know, setting things up for the elite. I'm going to talk about two different types of fishermen that do this trip. There are two very distinct types of fishermen, and I have to make sure that I'm grouped with one specific type. It's it's hard. It's hard um not to get it right. Or it's hard to get it right because when you get it wrong, Sometimes it's real wrong. Chris, you have to be grouped with very specific people all the time. <laughs> not just not just for trips. not just for the just you know just all the time. You know what's crazy? Um I so I don't I don't like bleed my political affiliations all over the place. I don't like, you know, just talk about, you know, being libertarian or being republican or being um uh democrat or anything like that, you know. But I have a my number one traveling buddy that goes on all the almost every trip with me, and you know him, Dennis. Dennis is a diehard Democrat, very liberal, um, and he's from Pennsylvania. It's just the way he was raised, and hanging out with him is different than anybody else that I've fished with or hung out with in Texas. And the crazy thing is we never shut our mouths whenever we're fishing or not fishing, but traveling, right? You would have think you wouldn't think that two people polar opposites and he's a librarian and I'm just a, a dude, right? <laughs> but he's like a master librarian at rice university. He like owns the whole freaking rice university library or something like that runs the whole damn thing. So he's an intellectual and sometimes when you're traveling with you, you you have to talk. Like I've been in, I think that we rode three and a half hours home from Corpus Christi one time, and the radio never came on. 
I, I don't I don't drive with the radio <laughs> yeah, on, dude. Yeah, yeah, we we drove three and a half hours, no radio at all. It's it's like okay, you know, I talked about getting up in the morning, going to school, jamming some hip hop. I think that was more to be, you know, because I had the car, I had the I, I had the the fucking. You had to be oh, cool, man. Me, I had the, I had well, I had the uh, the system right. I had the system in the car. It was jamming. Yeah, it was part of being cool. Um, these days, I kind of get into my headspace a little bit more. I think more while I'm driving. Um, the music is just kind of a distraction to what's going on in my head. So I do listen to music a lot, but that's usually like when I'm mowing grass. Mm-hmm. I go this week. <laughs> I started mowing grass at 10 a.m. I didn't finish until 5 p.m. I uh, went yeah. through. <laughs> You're like, hey, are we going to record? I'm not done mowing yet. <laughs> yeah. I I went through three pairs of headphones. <laughs> Jesus. During that time that I was mowing. I need some better headphones. That's what you I need. Let me get you some JBLs. They last forever. I need the bat- something. The battery on them lasts forever. Um, when you were talking about the bump in your car and, and everything, that makes us sound really old, like saying the bump in your trunk. Yeah. The speak like are, is there a new term for your speakers and everything right now? Some um knock, I'm trying to think my kids because in your trunk like what, my, I don't know what they call it now. My kids they both insisted on having systems in their in in the well my when they drove the Bronco and now my daughter is driving the little Kia Forte and <laughs> she's like yeah I got to have a system. Um, I don't think they they call it bumping or I can ask her. Not nah, they don't she'll call do. it anything like I that. I don't know. Maybe but they do. Here's here here's a pro tip I learned when I was 19 years old, Chris. Pro tip: wah, 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 wah. Never install your stereo system in the parking lot of your apartment complex because it will be stolen within yeah. two or three days never do that never do that it took three days for someone to steal my 212s uh rockford Fosgate 12s and box out of my honda accord when i was 19 after i put it in three days later okay so now you got me thinking about what i had installed in in my uh in in my two door big Rockford body, Rockford Fosgate Punch Twelves, baby. Uh, bro, I no, I had I had a a four pack of six by nines in the back window, right? Uh, you remember doing that? I, uh, yeah, yeah. And I had some I, six by nines in the doors, but my probably my best system that I ever had was in um in my I had a Nissan Frontier XE. And it was slammed, dude. I mean, it was slammed. I had 17-inch wheels and low-profile tires, and I would bump speed bumps any size of speed bump. I got pulled over in, in Friendswood because the cop wanted to check the ground clearance on my truck to make sure we, that I wasn't we're hazardous. Showing, we're showing our age right now. Yeah, We're well, talking the, about bumping, and it was slammed and everything here, else. We are showing here, our age. Hey, micro-trucking is coming back, dude. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I've seen the micro-truck scene come back, and I've got one out here, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to if I'm gonna sand rail it or if I'm going to do something crazy like, like slam it down. I haven't figured it out yet, but I got a, a 96 Ranger sitting out there ready to do some shit with it. But... I had two 15s MTX Thunders ah. behind the seat in my Nissan Frontier XE. 
I had to drive with the steering wheel in my chest because <laughs> that seat had to be pulled up so far. And I had the uh, audio, what was it, the street machine. Uh, man, what was that? It was white with purple. The amplifier Ooh. was just, it was I called the no street idea. machine. I know somebody out there is going to gonna know oh i was like man maybe we'll do a contest but i'm sick of doing contests <laughs> i can't get nobody to to participate i tried doing the cover page contest and you saw me i was like i was like you slackers you know i'm trying to do this contest and ain't nobody doing shit we just, so we're just we, gonna have to give everything away at the at the bro, at staff, the bro meetup. staff meetup yeah, yeah we need to we need to do better at social media we, we just need to do better but the bro staff meetup is october 1st we're gonna have october 1st and 2nd three mile matagorda check out the facebook page check out the the group the bro staff the playbook group um we're gonna have all the info there it was a great time when we did it um there two years ago I didn't almost die at this one. No, no emergency room visits at the first bro staff meetup. So I'm hoping for another bro staff meetup where I do not have to go to the. I local think that wood room. was just wet. I think that was the problem. I don't know what it was because I got COVID right after that too. So that happened, and then like four or five days later, I had COVID. Like it was just my immune system was down, dude. It. It's, it was it's, it was that that uh, that big ugly. I don't know what it was. Well, no, my throat was hurting before that big <laughs> ugly. I had to go to the store and get cough drops before that. But anyway, telling you guys, we're gonna have to put this this guy in a bubble. Well, I'm gonna bring my epipens. I am gonna <laughs> bring my epipens. And you know, speaking of us going to Matagorda and the Bro Staff Meetup, Jessica has some information for you guys about Mariner Sales heroes on the water and real sportswear hey bro staff today i get to bring you a cause that is near and dear to my heart heroes on the water has a benefit coming up saturday september 3rd from 10 a.m to 6 p.m at matagorda outfitters guys i don't bring up being a disabled veteran often it's just not something that i mention but when i tell you that fishing and kayaking saved me on so many levels i mean it 22 veterans a day that's how many commit suicide each and every day. Heroes on the Water gives veterans a place to go where they can be in the company of brothers and sisters in arms, all while fishing and kayaking. Let's call it saltwater therapy. And you don't have to be a veteran to understand that. That's a mission that both Mariner Sales and New Canoe are all about. And that's why they've generously donated a new canoe to raffle off at the event. Can't make it out to the event, but still want to donate to an extremely worthy cause? The flyer for the event has a QR code. Just scan it, and it'll take you right to the donation page. Don't let programs like these fall by the wayside, bro staff. They can be life-changing, and in some cases, even life-saving. But before meeting the boys and I down there at the event, because we most certainly will be there, make sure to pack some new finds from Real Sportswear. August 27th through September 5th, save up to 25% off on select items and get a free gift with purchase. So log on to realsportswear.com and take full advantage of their end of summer Labor Day sale. I know I'll be out there rocking all my real sportswear gear. So make sure that you're wearing what the guides wear too. All right, bro staff, that's it for me. 
I really hope to see you out there. And as always, I'll see you on the salt side. Yay, yay. <laughs> Good stuff as always. Hey, guys, um, we need to... Bro staff, y'all need to jump on Drew's ass and tell him to stop pissing Jess off so that she'll make sure we got our commercials every week. I Actually, just, it's not it's not that he's pissing her off. It's I'm not giving her enough time. That's dude, let me tell you, bro. You have not learned yet. You have not learned your lesson. I've got so much stuff on my mind, Chris, between this <laughs> this house the the Stockton so, the Stockton Athletic Club the Booster Club uh, now I am the announcer for the eighth oh, grade football games like this me and guy Wesley are making the playlist for the warm ups like, this guy sends I've me a so message going on. and and he's like pleading it sounds like a plea for help honestly disguised as as just a, a basic message and he's like I need to learn how to say no and I'm like bro I've known you for a, a decade. And you haven't learned how to say a no yet. Well, so, uh, the, the first message was, Chris, I think it finally happened. And yeah, oh, he, and I was like, what, you shit your pants? Yeah, he said, <laughs> what, you shit yourself? And I'm like, no. I said, I think I've reached the point of burnout. And it's just the house stuff. Like, that. this house stuff is driving me crazy, dude. Like, having it not in your hands. Like, because at work, you know, I'm the boss, if there's an issue with my department, people come to me, I solve the issue, and then they go do what they got to do. Like, with this house, it's, okay, we have this little issue. Okay, now I got to tell my agent. Okay, now my agent has to tell your agent. Okay, now you have to think about it. Okay, now you have to tell your agent. Okay, you have now to go you, to the homeowner. Yeah, my agent has to tell homeowner. my agent. And then it comes yeah. back to me. Okay, well, now we got to go to the lender. Is this going to affect the loan? It's like, rough. It's, it's it's rough, man. Golly. And, and I think I told you that, that I did mine all on my own, right? Yeah, I don't know how you did it. I would have I chopped somebody's face off. Like I just I, I smoothed the whole way. I did the same exact thing that your agent is doing with the other agent you know they're playing there it's, it's a dance and they're they're massaging each other as they go around and there's if there's ever a fight that's when you have to worry is my whole deal screwed well the, our deal isn't screwed they've agreed to everything luckily i mean i say luckily they've already moved they've moved into a new house they're in i think montana they're living oh, in montana now so they don't want to have to fix or take care of anything so we just made a deal hey give me x amount at closing and let's call these repairs and the inspection good so it there that all worked out so now we're just waiting on the underwriter and the appraisal and everything else but well you know what i told you about appraisals right they're, they're going to be right on the money right on the money man yep yeah yeah, that is the game these days with uh, appraisals. Because, uh, like I said, we had our last house, we had like four legit offers where they actually put earnest money down and you know all that good stuff. And the appraisal came back right on the money every single time. And the last guy was like $35,000 more than the guy before him. And the appraisal came back, boom, on the money. I was like, man, this is all fake. 
All of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we, we got to spend a little bit more money because we're, we're using uh, Jessica's VA loan, so it's got to be a VA appraisal. So we got to... Well, just think about it, man. That. Pretty soon, you know, you'll be up to your eyeballs in um, homeowner bills, you know, mm-hmm. things that you have to do as a homeowner, and but you'll have that rod building space all to yourself. Yes, It'll be it, all yours. It has. A I assume it's going to be that. Uh, is it going to be that that screened in back porch? That area back there is that going to oh, yeah. be the rod? The rod. Oh yeah, line? they uh, they built it in, so it's got four sliding glass doors, and it's actually you know got hardy plank on the outside. It's where they took the existing back porch and just enclosed it and they put an air conditioner in there made it a real room yeah it will have a real air conditioner a real ceiling fan and uh i will not be out in the garage with my portable ac with the fan in front of it trying to blow lukewarm air on me while I'm although although there's something that you know to be said about doing it that way because that's the way people did it for i mean that's the way Hewlett Packard computers started, you know. Oh, Hewlett Packard himself <laughs> sat in his garage mm-hmm. away from his family with his fan, you know, blowing on him, you know, building computers or whatever. That's uh, how I, that, that's how I started. That's not how Hewlett Packard finished, though. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he, he went up to air conditioning at some point in time, and buying this new house, that was something that we decided. Let's try to find something like it wasn't make or break. But it was like, oh, this has an extra room with an air conditioner, and it's right up the street, and it's everything else that we wanted. Uh, let's go for this. So good. Well, it's good, man. I'm glad that you guys are going to get settled in. That's going to be a trip within itself. Um, Drew's moving exactly eight houses down from where his current eight location houses. is. So I'm going to push my kayaks on <coughs> the kayak racks down the streets street and up the driveway when it comes time to move move all that stuff i'm just gonna pile everything in my kayaks and push them up and just the push it all down the yeah. street push it so up the street. man we're all happy for you we're glad that uh, y'all are finally getting settled in you you uh I'm, I'm waiting for the wedding though you know jessica's already changed her name so i'm i'm guessing you know maybe just a reception or a party or something at some point um we, we've put in our application to the county so we got 90 days to, to do that before we got to put in another application. Look at all these wheels just turning, man. All the things are getting done. We would have already we would would have already done it, but we can't do it till after closing now. Like that would screw up the whole loan process getting married. So, <laughs> like, ah, we're just going to wait. But it's going to be a trip. It's going to be a trip. Maybe the bro staff meetup will be our honeymoon. Well, talk. Oh gosh, please don't make that your honeymoon. We don't need no consummation of the vows uh, in the sand. All right, At the bro staff meetup. Yeah, we don't need that. Um, so, but speaking of tripping, you know, and the bro staff meetup, um, on the small scale of things, whenever we're traveling for fishing or traveling for, in this case, a meetup. There are certain things that you need to do. I've already talked to some of the bro staff members, and they're like, man, we're already gearing up. We're getting our things squared away. I'm like, damn, we're a month out. You must have been talking to Kyle. Kyle, Kyle's already ready. There (laughs) are many of them that are are getting things ready already. Um, Chris Lopez, who, who 
happens to live not far from where I'm at, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I've already got my, uh, I just did a new tent rack, you know, all this stuff. He's like gearing up for, for this, uh, for this trip. So it's like, Drew's going to go get a drink real quick. He's, he's, uh, dying of thirst. So for a second, we're just going to talk about, I'm peering into his home. His bedroom door is open. There's some flashing lights going on in the other room. I guess the kids and Jess are watching television. So you can see the lights flashing in the living room. This dude's got a plant in his bedroom. And I'm wondering if it's a real plant. Um, You know, are there a lot of guys out there that have plants in their house that, well, one, that are real? Um, that thing, whatever it is, looks like it might be real. It's like big old elephant ear plant. He does have the elephant above his bed. <laughs> Some shit about being fertile. Oh, here he's, he's coming back. Mr. Fertility. <laughs> hey, is that a real plant behind you? Yes. Oh, gosh, I knew it. There's a That's lot a- of real plants in this house now. Uh, okay so anyway people are gearing up getting ready this type of of meetup in all honesty you can go one you can go either way you can go completely and totally decked out or you can go 100% minimalist I did the whole camp out the first time in the front seat of my minimalist Uh, yeah i brought everything that i owned but i did the entire camp out in the front seat of my excursion the second time um again i brought a lot of stuff that i owned but i didn't use much of it so but then we have folks that are coming from like san antonio and other parts of texas and maybe even louisiana that you know, might bring a small camper with them. But this is the type of area where you get to the beach and you can honestly just throw down a tent. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll do. Yeah, you can throw down a tent. Now, what do you what do you do? What does Drew and and his significant other do to mitigate or reduce the amount of sand that you get into your tent? Because that's mm-hmm. something that really really sucks when you throw a tent down in that sand you've got to be able to prevent the sand from getting inside people will tell you like cover yourself in baby powder and all this and the sand don't stick to you and i've i've well that's just keeping the sand from sticking to you yeah well because if you can brush it off of you very easily you know it doesn't it doesn't get it all over the place but it, but if you're Drew Turner and you sweat like a stuffed pig, exactly. you turn into cake batter with all that baby exactly. powder on you. <laughs> exactly. I'm making muffins right there yeah. inside of the tent. Uh, Bro, I'm the same way, though. I sweat my ass off. I mean, I, I just look hot and I'm like starts to sweat. So, yeah. But what do you keep? How do you keep the sand out? We make sure that we have something sitting at the front of the tent, some kind of towel, mainly something to wipe your feet on. 
Like you, you got to have something to wipe your feet on. You should change your clothes, not have wet clothes on before you go in the tent because you're going to have wet clothes on. It's going to stick to your clothes. It's going to stick to your pant leg. It's going to stick to your socks. Then you're going to go in the tent to change and that's going to mess it all up. Like change somewhere where people can't see you, not inside your tent when you're dirt, like when you're going from dirty to clean or dirty to wiping off or using dude wipes or baby wipes or, you know, taking a little hobo shower. Like we take a lot of hobo showers or I bring a lot of um, extra water in like a big canteen thing that I can use to wash my arms, wash my feet, you know, wash as much as I can before going inside the tent. Here's, here's a tip that, Everyone listening can use. And it'll only cost you around $45. And it is worth its weight in gold. It's a small pop-up tent. Um, I think they call it a shower tent or a changing tent. Mm-hmm. They're only like 25 bucks on Amazon. Okay, And I've used mine a dozen times. And it's still holding up. Sometimes these really cheap things, they don't hold up, man. They use them a couple times and they turn to dust, it seems. But this one I've used a dozen times or more and it's it's held up just fine. And it looks just like a porta potty. You know? And it unfolds, it's got the like the wire built into it, so um and it just stands up on its own with its own internal wiring. Um, and even on the inside, you can hang um, one of those solar showers. Like a shower bag type thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, the solar showers, uh, they're not the easiest thing to use. They're kind of kind of cumbersome, you know, um, and, and they don't let the water out very well because it's all gravity fed. But at least you're not taking, you know hobo showers and you know you can actually in with one bag full bag you can take a decent shower mm-hmm. do you need that at the bro staff meetup no it's, no it's two nights three nights maybe but that's all that's all i'm roughing it for like i'm i'm bougie now i'm not roughing it for more than two or three days well if i got if i got to rough it for more than that i'm probably not going if you even if you're staying one night and you just want to have a not, a good night's rest and be clean, you can use that pop up to uh, take your hobo shower and change yeah. your clothes and keep all your dirty stuff in one location, right? Because we're gonna go fish all Saturday morning and come back that night, dude. You're gonna have, you might have marsh mud all over you. You might have sand all over you. You might have bug spray all over you. It's just miserable to try and sleep like that. Now, that only takes care of one aspect of the sand getting into your tent. Have you ever seen people put extra large tarps down mm-hmm. underneath their tent? Yeah, so, so can step on those instead. So you can step on that and then try to keep, you can sweep the the tarp off. So you can keep the, try and keep the sand off of the, the tarp. Um, so that whenever you're walking back have, and forth between areas, I have areas, two of those. I'm going to try that this year. I have two extra large tents. So here's the only put, problem. Put here's the only problem is if it rains, 
that tarp up right there. that tarp will let water run directly into your tent that's why usually um what they call a footprint uh to put underneath your tent is slightly smaller than your than your actual tent footprint so it don't puddle uh, up on you so the water yeah it runs away from the tent at that point so maybe try to you know build a little berm <laughs> so that so that the yeah yeah just right there at the tent's edge um so that it water can't run into there if it rains because you can't control and you can't predict the weather you know even those those people who have degrees in that shit can't predict the weather it seems we had that little cool front blow in holy two smoke years ago that's why i'm loaded up great. on on wood bro i'm loaded up on wood it that was, was nice. more than a cold front that was we had 30 mile an hour winds that night that it dropped like 40 degrees like the temperature i don't know about dropped. 40 degrees but maybe uh, 20 it, it no it dropped more than that because it was like 85 and it dropped down into the 40s that first night because everybody was like hey man you got any more of them real sportswear uh beanies oh everybody everybody was yeah real sports looking for beanies, beanies. I had a beer blanket on. I had no idea what the temperature was like. Dude, <laughs> and my beer cold. blanket was thick. I'm going to have to look it up. But, but, okay, so you were talking about, like, setting up your tent and keeping um, sand and everything out of your tent when you're going on these trips. But I want to go backwards. I want to okay. go back to before you even go on the trip. Chris Lewis, do you have – are you a checklist guy? Do you write down everything you need, check it off, or I do have you tried that. do you think about it in your head? Do you open up your tent beforehand? Do you check everything before you put it in the truck? Or are you just like, man, I'm probably rolling late. Let me load everything up because we got to go. So if I'm going on like a week long trip, or or if I'm going on a trip where I'm legit backpacking, then yeah, man, I've got to have my checklist because I got to make sure that's important stuff. Like, if you miss one thing in your checklist to bring with you, you could have a horrible experience, right? Like, something that when I'm hiking, there's one thing that is the most important to me that if I forgot it, my hiking experience would just it would it would be miserable. And believe it or not, is something as simple as Jolly Ranchers. Just a little extra sugar, a little sugar, and to coat my throat because when you're hiking, you're constantly breathing, right? So your throat can get really, really raw. Um, and without that constant, you know, something to coat my throat, um, I could end up, you know, having a hard time breathing, um, you know end up with a sore throat you know that night or waking up in the morning end up and with a swollen uvula <laughs> that's all you bro um so something as simple as that is on my checklist for hiking this type of thing where i'm just going camping for a couple of nights dude i just got to make sure i don't even have to bring a change of clothes i will wear the same clothes all weekend it won't bother me at all I can't do that, man. I know you can't, and there's a lot of people out there that can't, but I can. Look, on on that Devil's River trip, or any river trip like that, I'm bringing, like, at most, one change of clothes. 
and I will wash the the other clothes that I have one of those nights that I'm out there. Um, and I'm just washing them in the river just to get the sweat off, get the salt, you know, well, there's not salt, but any dirt, whatever. When I'm hiking, I'm layered and I'm possibly switching those layers. You know, wearing one underneath, one base layer, and then switching that. Um, and what I wore on the top is now on the bottom. And I might wear those clothes for a whole week. I, I know people like you. You go it. fishing, and in a half a day, you're you're making a wardrobe I cha- change. I change when I get into <laughs> like before I get to the truck. But I think that too that may have something to do with working. You know, working in healthcare, working in the environment I live in. What are you saying? Working. I'm dirty. No, I'm saying I am. I'm saying <laughs> I don't mind like, being dirty. That's that's as, the thing. As soon as I get home from work, I get straight in the shower. Like there's no sitting on the furniture. There's no laying in bed. Wow. It's like straight cuz I've got like jerry flakes all over me. So I've I got, remember you talking about that. Yeah, I've got like people who have rested their heads on my shoulders while I'm getting them out of bed and half of their face comes off on you. Like <laughs> I I have I have other people's body their on epithelials on, are all yes, over you. Yes. I have other people's body on me. I've got fluid that may have been on my pants or my shoes and so honestly these days you know I, I started a new job a little while back and i'm building a mars um habitat and i'm literally hands-on so every day i have been coming home and changing because i'm freaking filthy mm-hmm. but i'm filthy with like metal shavings uh and oil and dirt all over me and th- it's just yeah i wouldn't go into my house like that um, going into a tent, you know, it's, it's your house, man. It's your home away from home. I I can deal with it though. Like I take off typically, and not in a big group like this, but typically I will I will take off almost everything that I'm wearing before I go to sleep in my tent. Oh, me um, too. Like even in a big group like this, if y'all come in on me, I'm gonna be in my drawers. It doesn't matter how cold it is. I'm gonna be in boxer briefs, and that's it. Like that—that's what I'm gonna be wearing. In the the tent, tent that's the tent that is glowing in the dark is Drew. That is me. Yes, that is all me. I am not gonna have anything on. But you—you you said that you don't really make a list or anything. No, I—I I have a list of extras. You know what I mean? Like. For the bro staff meetup, I'll make a list that has like, you know, paper plates, plastic utensils, spatula, aluminum foil, seasoning. Good lord! Th- if I can't eat it with my hands on this trip, I'm not. I don't want it. Things that that they're not normally in my little camping thing, or maybe they've been in there for like two years and I need to replace them or something. I'll make a list for those things. As far as my fishing stuff, I've fished so many dang times now and loaded my truck. I just make sure the essentials are there. You know, black pack, rods, paddle, kayak, life jacket. Like, that's that's about it for, for trips like this. I'm not trying to take a ton of equipment whenever I go out there. You know, I may or may not bring a net and everything else that's going to just add more space to the truck. Like I don't want to pack my whole truck completely full to the 
very tippy top if I don't have to. Um, Get to the point where you have to actually load up a trailer too. <laughs> yeah, just loading up a whole bunch of stuff. Although we might bring, we'll probably bring my brother's trailer this time, just so I can put extra cooking stuff in the back of the truck. That's the most important thing for me on these trips. Food. Me, yeah, me and Kyle. Me and Kyle will probably start collaborating here in about two weeks on what we're bringing, who's bringing what, what are we cooking. Look, we're man, I showed up the fire discs. I showed up late Friday night. You know, to the very first bro, bro staff meetup. It was probably like nine thirty or ten. And as soon as I showed up, people were handing me food. You know, fajitas and burgers <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. And and I was like, damn, is is this just a cook-off? What's going on? Everybody was cooking food at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Seth literally brought a complete cooler full of, of deer burgers. Yeah, deer, oh, those were full. amazing, bro. There were so many deer burgers. Dude, he had so much deer burgers. And then Kyle had the fire disc. I popped out my fire disc. Well, no, I've got my fire disc after that. He popped out his fire disc, and I had disc envy. I was like, I need, <laughs> I, I need one of those. I need one of those now. And I ended up getting one a few months later for Christmas. So we will have two fire discs this year. You know, going back to your list question, I would say if someone is not used to going and 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 camping for you know two nights on the beach and if they're especially if they're going to be far away from the necessities go ahead and make a list and make sure that you're not leaving anything behind um important stuff like things that you can't you can't be out there without are things to clean yourself if if you should need to use the restroom, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the kitty litter toilet is a good idea to have. That's the best option if you're primitive yeah. capping. Just a well, a tea tool. Well, I mean, it's it's the <laughs> easiest option. A, it, is, it is easy. A bucket and a medium bag of cat litter, and yep. when you go number two, well, first off, you start out with some kitty litter in the bucket. Go number two, put a little kitty litter on top. Yep. And leave it. Go number two, put a little kitty litter on top. So, and before you leave, dig a big giant hole and bury it. Well, here's another option, too, is you can, inside the bucket, put a trash bag. That, too. Inside the home. bucket. Yeah. Um, and that way, and, and if you get the trash bags that have the scent to them, then you don't have to deal with the smell of your own feces, you know. So, anyway, going back to the list, things that are absolutely important, you know, something to clean yourself up with, you know, should you have to use the restroom. Something to brush your dang teeth with. Some of y'all yeah. have some stank breath at the bro staff. So, hey, dude, I use, talk to us. I love quips, man. I don't know if you've ever seen those or yeah. not, but they're just, um, they're travel toothbrushes that have toothpaste already built into them. We buy those things in bulk. Um, they work great. You don't have to worry about carrying a travel toothbrush and separate toothpaste. Uh, those work really well. Um, you know, on a trip like this, when you can't predict the weather, I would think about having a hoodie to keep you warm and possibly even a rain jacket. 
-hmm. okay, just in case the water does um, start to fall out of the sky, you kind of want to stay dry um, when when you need to. Um, if you if you're using a tent, get a rain fly for your tent. Make sure you have one. And if you don't, of course, you can just throw everything back into your car and just hop into your car. Um, but again, trying to make your your trip as comfortable as possible, staying in the tent in your tent is probably going to be the best option. But you're going to need a rain fly to keep your tent dry and keep yourself dry. I had um, uh, I had some wind blow my tent completely over in the middle of the night, and I drove home from Surfside Beach at like three o'clock in the morning because the wind was blowing so bad. It was, I couldn't, well, you, I couldn't you, put my tent up, and I was already awake. You know, because I'd been trying to get my tent back up for 30 minutes, and it was just blowing it over. I had the dog with me. The dog was not happy. The poor dog. So the the tent had, it was a large, like, six-person tent, and there was, like, a front porch on the tent. Yeah. Does that a, make sense? It's not a, it's a vestibule. It's like a, a screened-in, like, yeah, front it, square part. Technically, I believe it's called a vestibule. That flew over the regular part of the tent, and that's where the dog was at in its kennel. And the poor dog was just shaken to death because it was like, what is going on? Why am I out here in the middle by the ocean? This damn human's making me do stupid shit. (laughs) Exactly. So I packed everything up and drove home at 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning from Surfside that day. I didn't even say. I I can't say that that was probably a good experience for you or the dog. Um, You know, you can keep your tent anchored in very windy conditions we had 45 mile an hour winds um in guadalupe mountains um and it all comes down to how you anchor your tent as to whether or not your tent can handle those winds and i guarantee you every tent can be anchored properly to where you can withstand some pretty damn hard winds man um the smaller the profile of the tent the more wind you can handle that's why when you see those people that are camping on like mountain ledges in in this you know you might have 10 people all camping together but they've all got one tent little bitty tents little bitty tents yeah because they're not going to catch any wind the wind's going to basically roll right over it and they're all shaped like a little half moon yeah. Right, they're all shaped like a little half moon because that's very wind uh, resistant. So, but anyway, um, making sure that your gear is in good shape. Oh my gosh! Please look at your gear before you leave. Set everything up at least once. Set everything yeah. up and get the sand out that you didn't get out before. <laughs> so you start or the with dead, no sand. Dead lizards or exactly. You're I had a wasp nest growing in my rooftop tent you'll have something in there but set set it up before and try it out anything that you're definitely gonna need to make your trip more comfortable try it out before like unroll your sleeping bag and be like see see if any rats got into it in the garage like make sure the squirrels have not eaten the stuffing out of the end of your uh if you're used to using a um a mattress pad a blow-up mattress pad. Make sure that doesn't have any holes in it. I need to check mine because we got one for the Devil's River trip that I'd never had to use. But it's good. I need yep. to check that. 
so, so check uh, check your equipment. What about food? I mean, it, should everybody on this trip, particular trip, should everybody just rely on you guys for food? Are uh, y'all bringing no, enough to feed an army? Don't rely on us because this is right after I just bought a house. So don't rely on me <laughs> to bring y'all any good food this year. Uh, but for food, my thing, like you just said, have stuff that you don't need plates for. I'm I'm kind of in agreement with that. My thing is have stuff that can easily be packaged and not take up a whole lot of plate space in a cooler. So like if you're going to buy if you're going to bring eggs, go ahead and get the eggs in a carton. You know, bacon is something that's pre-packaged. You don't have to unpackage it. You can just stick it in a cooler. Sausages are something that come already packaged. You can just sit it in the cooler. Fajita meat, you can just, it's already seasoned or something. You can just stick it in the cooler. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Bro, you know what I'm bringing? Come on, I'm going to give you three guesses. You're bringing granola bars, uh, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly, and I I don't know what's the third. I'm bringing beef jerky. Crackers and peanuts. And he, he, he says that, guys, but he's going to be over there eating fajitas. Oh, whenever I'll, we're I'll, cooking the fajitas and burgers. I will, I will definitely <laughs> grab something that y'all are, y'all are cooking up. I'm not dumb. All right? <laughs> I'm not a complete idiot. But to me, like, those three things, um, crackers, beef jerky, and peanuts – can provide tons of calories for you know a couple of days. Oh yeah, and and you just snack on them when you're feeling a little hungry. But um, and I, I I'm not saying that car camping can't be a cooler full of you know I have we we do car camping quite often where we bring a cooler and it, oh my gosh when we did Paladuro we brought ribeye steaks. There you go that, because cooking easy. a ribeye steak. Out on on an open flame is awesome, mm-hmm. but at this type of event, dude, I'm probably gonna be on a liquid diet Friday night, and I know I'm gonna be on a liquid diet Saturday night. So all I gotta worry about is Saturday morning getting a little something in my body, which is probably gonna be like a breakfast tacos. You're, you're gonna come eat a breakfast. I don't taco do breakfast me. tacos, man. I want I want a honey bun. Oh yeah, that's right. You want <laughs> or some sweet. some donuts, and uh, I want to you know if Don's there, Don, make sure you got hot coffee for everybody. Uh, <laughs> the coffee mobile will be there. Yeah, but it's not going to take a whole lot to fuel me for for a couple of days out there. Um, but I know there are folks that have to have like full meals or else they're not right. Okay, Drew, you're one of those people. You got to have like a full tank mm-hmm. to at run least, and at least breakfast and dinner. I got I got to have breakfast and dinner. I've never been a big breakfast guy. Like I can do it. I like going to this place down the street called Red Oak Cafe because they got pancakes that are literally a pound a piece. Um, and they're just freaking awesome. If if you so have I'll go a way, get some of those, but if you have a way to cook them, pancakes is another good camping. It is, yeah, because you can buy the uh, just the bottle where you just add the water to it and shake it, 
and then you pour that out to make your pancakes. That's Whoa. really, really nev- easy. Have you never seen the pancakes in the like the easy cheese squirter? No, I I've you can not get pancakes. Easy cheese pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> just squeeze it right out of that thing, man. And it, there's your pancakes right there. So it's already mixed up and everything. You just squirt it out. I've never seen those. Yeah. Never, never, So that's never. that's pretty easy to go camping with. Um, but, okay, so off of food, mm-hmm. are there any other must-haves... Something to, something to charge your phone, um, only because, not necessarily because I want to like be on my phone all the time, but I want to be able to take pictures, um, and, and most people are going to be videos, using their phone for pictures, like that, videos, sure. yeah, stuff like that. Something to charge it. The little I think you're power reaching with that cheap, one, though. Man. I think you're reaching with that. Why <laughs> Cause, is that? Because your car is going to be there. I mean, there's, there's an unlimited I, source of power. I don't want to run my truck to because on the fords the mine's a 2016 you have to turn the truck on like the truck has to be on to charge it i would be bypassing that shit well that's why you needed somebody to help you jump start your excursion at the last one (laughs) and the last the last time i saw you we were jump starting something else because you bypassed that kind of stuff so there's got to be a couple other things man um that you can think of i mean i'm taught food Brushing my teeth, uh, changing your clothes, my phone, cleaning up a little bit. We already talked about the kitty litter. Uh, we talked something to about, keep that bald ass head warm. Yeah, my real sportswear beanie. Uh, I already talked about my fishing stuff. Man, I, I don't, I can't think of many other things that I need. Guys, look, the first time we did this, if you didn't have it with you somebody else would that's not an excuse for you not being prepared that's not an excuse for you not putting a checklist together if you need a checklist and it's not an excuse for you to not check your equipment before you go out however it's almost guaranteed that these guys there are plenty of us that are over preparers and over packers that will have extra stuff i'm telling you don came with the entire support vehicle the first time around um kyle You've heard us name drop Kyle a couple times. Kyle had the a fire disc, thrower. a flamethrower, <laughs> and he had uh, the NOCO uh, a car starter that everybody went out and bought after mm-hmm. that weekend. Um, he started like three vehicles. <laughs> I was going to say, he jump-started at least yeah. three vehicles. The and one of them was, was my big-ass diesel. And <laughs> the diesel requires a, you know, I mean, come on, you've got to have two uh, it draws so many amps to try and get that thing started. You got to have two huge, like, what are they? Class thirty-six A batteries. So, you know, that thing started my diesel without a problem. But anyway, we'll have plenty of people that have stuff. Um, come prepared, ready to have a good time. Come prepared to fish a hard on Saturday. There will be groups that will split off. Um, some groups may go across the Colorado. Some groups may head over to St. Mary's and fish the bayous. Some people may just stay on the South Shoreline. Some people may drive all the way down to like Hog's Hoof, you know, which is another area down Matagorda. It's a good drive, and it's recommended to have four-wheel drive to get down there. To get to Three Mile Cut, you do not have to have four-wheel drive. 
it does help. We've had some rain lately, so that's going to help pack the sand down a little bit. Hopefully we'll still get a little bit more rain. But with that drought that we had, I'm sure that sand was powdery soft, man. And probably a pain in the ass to get through. I made it through. My excursion is damn near 10,000 pounds. And especially whenever I'm pulling that trailer, it's ridiculously heavy. Um, and I made it through while pulling a trailer. So if you guys want to check it out now, you heard Jessica talk about it, but there is a heroes on the water benefit coming up for the Matagorda chapter. Uh, when this airs, it'll be, you know, this weekend, that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming up on the third. Come check out the heroes on the water event at Matagorda outfielders. Come say hi to me and Chris and then drive on down, check out Three Mile, uh, check everything out right there on the beach. It's only about, I don't know, 10 minutes from where we're going to be. So you can drive down there and check it all out. But Chris, you were saying, like I was forgetting something. I I thought of one thing that I need to have. I need to have a good chair to sit in. That that is one thing that I didn't I didn't mention. But what else what else was I missing? Beer. <laughs> oh yeah. You're talking about beer. There there's there's gonna be some. I mean I'll drink one or two. We actually we'll have a keg. Oh, we're having one. a keg this year. We're having a keg this year. Um provided by Chris Lopez. Um you know, we haven't gotten a beer sponsor yet. It hasn't been a priority for, for this show to have a beer sponsor, but you know, if if somebody comes around and wants to, <clears throat> Drew's not a big beer drinker. He wanted Bravazzi. <laughs> to be drinking some Trulies. Been drinking some Truly. I mean, we had a beer sponsor, and then they flaked on us. But we're not going to name any names. But if you guys go back to the Facebook page and see what <coughs> memories came up from two years ago, you'll be able to see who flaked out on us. But I don't want to call anybody out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was like, who, who flicked out on this? Now I remember. Um, all right, so off of the small trips, onto the big trips, Drew. Now, like I said, I don't... Th- what? You got something else about the small trips? No, no, trip? no, 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 no. No, just I want to talk about something before the trips when you're talking about the long trips, but mm-hmm. not what we already talked about. So go ahead. Well... A lot of times people say, you know, I want to go fish, you know, this, I want to go fish Florida. I want to go fish Louisiana. Um, I want to go fish South Carolina, you know, and I'm, I'm picking salty places because that's what I would do. I would pick salty places. I know there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of listeners that say, well, I want to go fish, you know, Lake Fork, or I want to go fish Lake Susquehanna, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, the research that you do in regards to how you fish is probably very similar, if not the same, if I was going to go salty or if I was going to go fresh, right? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get on Google Maps and I'm going to try and see where the hell it is that I want to fish. And I'm going to inspect that area with a fine tooth comb and I'm going to know pretty much exactly where my battle plan for my trip will be from there you kind of got to decide all right what kind of lodging requirements do i have i think that's the biggest thing 
I think so too. Requirements. Figuring out, are you going to? Because we've been on trips before where we've camped, um, and I've been on trips before where we've gone complete the opposite direction, total bougie, right? I mean, we we were, one year we rented this house that had I don't know fifteen freaking bedrooms in it, a pool, a spa. It had its own freshwater lake, fully stocked. Um, I mean, it was ridiculous how big this house was. So, Chris, other than you know, bougie, non-bougie, what are some of the things that you're looking at when you're looking at places to stay? As well, far as safety, as far as being able to see your kayaks, maybe. Because yes, I know yes. I'm looking for <clears throat> if I can find it, and it's not a complete like just roach motel. I'm looking for like a single level motel hotel that I can back the kayaks almost right up to the to the door of the room, or I can maybe. If it's super sketchy or I think it's sketchy, I can take the kayaks into the room. Are you looking for that same type of thing? So when I when I said, you know, lodging requirements, part of that was proximity to your fishing location. Okay. So when I posted up about Jacksonville and I said, okay, I want to get a group together for Jacksonville, there are, and I said, there are two types of fishermen that will make this trip and they'll want to do it two different ways. One wants to be within the proximity of their fishing location. Okay. They want to get up and they want to, they want to make a reasonable drive to where they're going to fish. And they don't care if the house is on a canal and within, you know, crawling distance to a bar um, they don't care if there's nightlife, but then there's that other group that does. That's important to them. They want to have the canal house. Um, they want to have the proximity to the bar. They want to have good restaurants around them, and that's okay because you can treat this like a vacation as well as a fishing excursion if you wanted to. To me, that's more crap that I've got to pile on to what I want to do. I want to fish first. And my fishing expedition is typically full. Like, I mean, 12 to 14 hour days. I'm going to fish Saturday, 12 to 14 hours. I'm going to fish Sunday, 12 to 14 hours. I've already made a 15 hour drive there. <laughs> and I've got to make a 15 hour drive back. Why do I want to add bars and nightclubs on top of that? Some people are, are full of energy and they can do it. Me? Nah. So I typically find a place that is within a good driving distance, no more than an hour to my wherever whatever fishing destination I'm going to. And usually I'm not looking for a hotel, Drew. <clears throat> we looking, can get I'm looking for a motel. <laughs> or I'm not a house. looking for a motel either. I'm looking for a house. I'm looking yeah. for a VRBO. Um, something that has a driveway that has, you know, the ability for me to put my trailer maybe on the side of the house, um, you know, out of the way and, and I can lock it, you know, and still have my vehicle to, to drive to this, you know, store if I need to go to the store for something. Now, now you said lock it. You're talking about locking the hitch down, right? Locking my, uh, if I take the trailer off, I have a, 
a lock for the for the receiver. I mean, that's trailer. what I, that's what yeah, I meant. The, the ball, the ball, the ball hit yeah. the ball lock that's on there. Now, <clears throat> are you putting locks on your actual kayaks when you're traveling? Um, yes and no. I mean, there are times when I'm putting um, like a bicycle lock through mm-hmm. the scuppers and into the kayak. Here's the problem with with doing that though. Um, they can become a problem while you're traveling because the wind is knocking them against the kayak constantly. Um, and if you get them tight enough, which is sometimes difficult to do, um, then they won't do that. But those locks are honestly just deterrence anyway. If mm-hmm. somebody wants to steal them, they're going to steal them. Those cable locks, bike locks, whatever, a uh, bolt cutter is going to make easy if easy somebody job. sees them and they plan on taking them, they're not going to help. But if it's just spur of the moment at Bucky's and somebody decides they're going to try to throw your kayak in the back of the truck, they're not going to. They're, they're not, it's I mean, not going it, to it happen. Will, yeah, it's not going to happen for them. Right. And I use the same. I use the bike locks, but I have like the curly pigtail ones that. So they know, stay taut. They stay real taut together. And I think I bought a set of like six of them. Uh, like five or six years ago, and that's all I use. Uh, I throw those on there if I think I'm going to be in any kind of shady environment. But like you said, if somebody wants it and they're planning on taking your kayak whenever they see it out at the hotel or something, they're just going to go and get some wire cutters or something where they can come and snip, snip, throw it in their truck and go. I forgot my key once. Um, It was whenever I had my Cuda, and I had my Cuda on a trailer. I forgot my damn key. For the, for the bicycle lock, and I didn't want my fishing trip to be ruined, so I drove down to Walmart, I bought a pair of bolt cutters, cut it off right there in the parking lot, and then, you know, went fishing. So, yeah, they're not, they're not going to prevent theft. They're going to deter theft, and they're not always that important to me. Honestly, I'm going to have my kayak in use so often on these trips that, it's going to be within my sight almost constantly. All the time. These houses, and I've never rented a place that didn't have a secure boundary. Okay? A place where you could pull into, park your trailer under the house, and then leave it locked there. Yeah. And nobody would mess with it. Most of the communities that, that I've, I've gone to, honestly... They've thought of this. They they know that they're going to have, you know, visitors from out of state or maybe even visitors from their state. But these are all vacationers that want their property to be protected. So they provide some sort of safety. A lot of these places have had big drive, like, fences, gates that you mm-hmm. had to go through to get to the house. Yeah. Do I look for that whenever I'm I'm looking for a property? Absolutely, dude. Same here. And I've got to have plenty of room for everybody to be able to take their stuff off of the kayaks. I mean, off of the trailers and off of the trucks so that they can get their gear ready, get it prepped. And and I haven't brought this information to light yet, but I'm looking to bring you know a group of anywhere from 8 to 10 people with me every single time whenever I rent these houses because for one person your bill for three nights is going to come out to 1500 to $2,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
You get three the nights. Call. You get the cost way down. You get eight to ten guys in the place. You get eight to ten guys that all want to do the same thing. They all want to experience the the fishing in that area, or they all want to. Uh, this is for six years in a row. We did this for tournaments, so we were driving to different places to fish tournaments and renting these you know these houses on VRBO or or Airbnb. And they were all perfect for what we needed. I say that with the exception of one. Okay, dude, I'm going to take that back. There was one um, that did not have, and it was a friend of ours that set the house up for us. It didn't have um, a place to park underneath, and we were right next to the boat ramp. Mm. I mean, right next to the boat ramp. So my brother was with me on this trip, and we were completely obliterated. <laughs> and everybody had all their fishing gear out on the front porch. And we were the last two up, and we're looking at each other and go, Dude, what do we do with all this fishing gear, man? Do we leave it outside? <laughs> we're like, oh, we better pick it up and put it inside. So for like an hour and a half, we're picking up everybody's fishing gear and bringing it inside. And it took us that long because we were so wasted. <laughs> but location, proximity to where you're you're going to fish, amenities, and I don't mean like does it have a swimming pool no. or a volleyball court. You mean pay fishing. a little bit more. Yeah, pay a little bit more for that security. and Pay some more for the security, the, yeah. The, the, that, that peace of mind. You can buy some peace of mind nowadays. There's also on, on these. Now, you're always going to have, in these rentals, a nice master bedroom. Okay? They try to give the rentals this appeal. But... If you're looking at the type of rentals that we are looking at, we don't care what the master bedroom is like. And although the house may have five bedrooms, you're looking for the bed count. How many beds are in this place? Right now I'm looking at one that has 11 beds in five bedrooms. And you've got to look to see, okay, what kind of beds are these? Because if they're just a bunch of like little baby cribs and they're counting that as a bed, it's not going to work. Bunk beds do work. Okay, you do have the guys that are like crying and whining about, you know, I don't want to do the top bunk. All right, well, you're going to have to put your big boy panties on because, you know, you got last pick or whatever. When is the last time you've slept in a bunk bed, Chris? Uh, it wasn't, it was, I think three years ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was, it was in Grand Isle, Louisiana. The house was kind of small and that's all they had was bunches of bunches of bunk beds. Oh no, it was Delacroix. It was Delacroix. Do you, you want to know the last Again, time Louisiana. I slept in a bunk bed was? Hmm. It, it was the 1990. I'm not counting the time I went to jail, by the way. It, it was the <laughs> it was the 1996 Sam Houston State baseball camp. <laughs> What's the last time that I have oh, slept hell. in a bunk bed? And we you were slept, like 12 years old. Yeah, we stayed in the dorms. Uh, that was the last time I've slept okay, in a bunk well, bed ever. Well, 
so most of these bunk beds, just so you know, they don't buy like the. I typically find the ones that have a full size bed on the bottom, mm-hmm. and, the and a the single top. a single size bed on the top. Yeah. So, getting these houses that have you know five bedrooms and eleven beds, now you can bring you know ten buddies. And y'all can shack up for the weekend in a, a nice big house that has plenty of room for you and all your stuff. But usually that house is not like in the most prestigious location. You're not on a canal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a canal house, I'm telling you right now, the prices that I'm looking at at Jacksonville are five and $600 a night. So you you think, oh, that well, that's only 15 hundred to you know eighteen hundred dollars chris no because then you have your security fees you have your cleaning fees you have um uh taxes uh so your price ends up being really really high um you're you're walking out of there with like a three thousand dollar bill whereas the other houses that are two hundred three hundred dollars a night are going to be fifteen hundred bucks that's what you're that's what your price is for the for the three nights that you're yeah, there. Yeah, but still, if you get eight to ten guys, you're only looking at three hundred bucks for the whole time. And I'm the you know three four hundred bucks. Ten guys, it's a hundred fifty dollars a night. I mean, a hundred fifty dollars for the whole trip. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred fifty bucks, Drew. Um, the rest yeah. of your money, you know, you're splitting in gas. And if y'all just do a grocery run and just eat at the house, which we've done, we were like, okay, we're gonna go get steaks potatoes you know easy stuff to eat Mm -hmm. so that we can do a you know a dinner on on uh you know friday night is the night that you get there so you've probably eaten on the road you've had fast food saturday night you want to have a decent meal with with all your pros that are there so saturday night you you know maybe do some steaks maybe sunday you cook your catch you know maybe you had a decent catch you know that that day before and you know you can cook your catch on sunday maybe sunday you actually go out to eat at a restaurant you find a place nearby it's one of they those do have days some, one yeah, of those they days do, you're just like eh, they I'm, do have some good local i found i found good local dives you know like right down the road there's you know a, a raw bar or something yeah. like that and nobody ever goes because it's just a small hole in the wall but you get there and it's great food well um, I'm, I'm also saying three hundred dollars though because i'm the type that i'm like hey here I'm gonna pay extra because I want the room that has the one queen bed in it. <laughs> like, cause I don't want to sleep and listen to anybody else sleep. Cause I'm I'm the worst sleeper ever. Uh, as far as it's got to be quiet. It's got to be no lights on. Bro, you snore like a like freaking a, freight train. Once I'm that look, if I'm snoring like that, I'm probably not sleeping good. Probably not sleeping good. So, you can tell when I sleep good when I'm not snoring. There there have been times where I've taken dudes and they have just been like, wow, is that guy even like really alive anymore? Or has he been taken over by a demon? Because that doesn't sound natural. There's <laughs> something wrong. Colin Elliott's one of those people. Oh, gosh. And he'll fall asleep on you like 15 minutes after you get in the truck from the launch, like coming back, he'll be out within 10, 15 minutes of fishing. And you think something's wrong with your car. He's snoring so loud. But um, 
so usually those people know that they're bad snores and they'll ask for you know a, a broom far away from everybody else so they're not didn't, disturbing didn't colin sleep on the porch when y'all went to louisiana Dude, he <laughs> slept on the porch and and still everybody was tripping um uh, yeah about how you know they're like dude you got to get him to a doctor <laughs> i'm not even kidding they were like you, you gotta help him help him get him some help um i'm sorry colin you're probably listening and hearing us talk shit about you but you know you got a problem bro so getting the house securing the securing the house um here's the the thing you need to do it in advance man don't be the guy that's waiting until you know a couple weeks before because your options are going to be limited and typically those options that that are good price with lots of beds are gone okay there's a lot of people out there trying to do the same thing you are um what about getting there man this is where i love to have the big excursion and although it's not you know the best on gas mileage and right now diesel prices aren't the best it's still going to be the most economical way to move people um taking a tacoma a toyota tacoma and driving all the way across you know the united states to florida is not economical you want to be able to just zoom along well the tacoma the tacoma can only carry two people comfortably yeah okay because you're going to have all your stuff in the back. You're going to have all your shit in the back. And and you're still only getting 15 to 16 miles per gallon. Where the excursion, I can carry eight human beings. Six very comfortably. Four, and you're riding like freaking... Riding like Kangs. Yeah. You know, you can, the people in the back can have, each have their own row if they wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's very spacious rows, full size rows. So taking a vehicle like that and, and piling it up, even with just four dudes and making the drive, each person, your gas bill is like 75, 80 bucks. Yeah. Now, now that we have, uh, the trailer that me and my brother built and we're working on, now, uh, for those long trips, we're going to be taking the Suburban on a lot more of those trips that are that are a long way. Carpooling is the way to go on long trips. Splitting the cost of gas, splitting the cost of your lodging is the way to go. You can make a, a much, you can just have a much better event, okay, a much better experience. Um. Food, like I said, you know, you can do the the grocery run as soon as you get there and just pile up on on basic things for people to eat. Um, Don't ask for special things unless you really have dietary requirements. And I'm hoping that if you have dietary requirements, you've already taken care of that for yourself. Yeah, just don't be difficult. Don't be that guy. Don't be the difficult guy that's like, oh, well, you know... Um, I gotta have my gluten free. Can we not have that? Because it's got dairy in it. It, Can we not have. If you can't eat what normal people. I don't want to say normal, sorry. Normal's a bad word. If you have if you have dietary requirements, make sure that you're taking care of that yourself. Don't put it on anybody else to take care of it for yes, you. Yes, it's not my job to bring you vegan cheese. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro. We're gonna eat regular cheese. But Chris, you were talking about transportation. Another thing that I think some new people need to take into more consideration 
is when you're going on these trips, you have got to make sure that your kayaks are secure. You have to make sure that your racks are secure. And that's something that you need to check. If you're tires. going on tires Extra on tires. the trailer, you need to make sure that you have tools and grease for those. But, I carry extra bearings for my trail. Well, not anymore. Now I have wet bearings. There you go. But make sure that you are checking the or wet hardware. Hubs, sorry. Wet hubs. Check your hardware before you're going on these long trips. You know, check check your trailer over, check your lights, check your racks, check check your Malone mounts, like check everything for tightness and security because we've all seen, you know, post of people say i lost my kayak on so and so road but and i'm like how in the heck does a whole ass kayak come off your truck like i don't i don't understand how that happens but i'm I'm, I'm double i'm double cautious so whenever we stop at a gas station i get out and i check everything and shake it around check my popping them straps going that ain't going nowhere that yep. ain't going nowhere. Yep. Make sure it shakes the whole truck or shakes the whole trailer whenever you're doing it. Um, but another big thing I would I would implore you guys, do not use ratchet straps. Don't use ratchet straps. Ratchet straps are not Cam straps are just great. fine. Cam and straps are the way to go. Cam straps, but make sure you have your security um, straps on the front and back. Because a cam strap... Um, Sometimes those cams loosen up on you after time, after a while. Now, I'm going to share a story with you and because it goes right into the tires and having your equipment, your gear in tip-top shape. Let me, before you tell the story, just one more little tip, guys. If you put your cam straps on your kayak the night before you leave, Check them again before because oh, yeah. you're going to pull them. Change, yeah. yep, the temperature change. You're going to pull them so tight, and then the kayak is going to flex a little bit. And then when you wake up, it's going to be a little bit loose. So make sure. That's why I check every time I get gas or every time I stop. I could just go and I check check my cam straps to make sure the straps are okay. But go ahead, Chris, about the about the yeah. The so tires. so we're we're doing a Florida trip, and um, we borrow a trailer from Jonathan Garay. And Jonathan, I don't know if you remember this trailer of Jonathan's, but it was like a, uh, it was a, I think it was called like a fat daddy. So it was like the really wide, like six foot wide, a 10 foot long, um, trailer. And that it was sucker a, would fit two PAs side by side on it. Hey, yo, we had four PAs and two Outbacks on this I, trailer. I believe it. I believe it. It had, it had a tree. Okay, um, like he had he had built a mechanism into the mm-hmm. trailer that that had um, the regular box trailer at the bottom, so you could put all your your uh, coolers and all the gear that you needed to bring with you was all stacked in there, and then it had this tree mechanism where you know you had racks that you could rack your kayaks on. Did so you we make had, it to the Rockport New Year's one when all the Vikings were there? Uh, Jonathan no. took that trailer there too. That's what I made me think, think so. of it. Okay, sorry. I'll stop so, interrupting. I'm gonna mute myself right. until you finish the story. So we borrow this trailer from him, and we have four PAs and two Outbacks, plus all of our gear. This trailer's only got 12 inch tires, 
and they're rated for like max speed of like i don't know 60 miles an hour or something like that of course when you're driving from texas to louisiana you're not driving 60 miles an hour now, you're driving 80 if you're, if you're driving 60 you're yelling at the person in front of you to get out of the left lane yeah yeah exactly somebody else is causing that problem for you so we make it we make it there no problem um, we scoot around Florida for our two full days, no problem. The trailer is just doing fantastic. We're coming back, and just as soon as we get over the Atchafalaya River Basin, that's, like, I mean, right there at Bro Bridge. Not even, we didn't even make it to the exit at Bro Bridge. I'm talking, we just got off of the damn bridge and there there's no shoulders like there's nothing on that bridge we're finally like off the bridge and there's like a little hump it's just you know um coming off of that bridge and we have a blowout instantly boom so i pull off the side of the road and i'm like all right well this should be easy let's go ahead and get the tools out well, where are the tools? Damn it. I've got my um, crowbar for, for my truck that has, you know, the size for the lug nuts that are on the tires for the truck, but nothing for the trailer. I mm-hmm. borrowed the trailer, so I didn't think about trying to find a four-way that would fit the lug nuts. Or a socket set or anything. Right. I just so happen to keep a breaker bar because I hate the stupid crowbar that comes with the vehicles. So I always keep a breaker bar with me in my trucks. But I didn't have the right size socket for the trailer. So we <laughs> we leave Dennis <laughs> with a, uh, a like a Bucky's fold-out chair. <laughs> And the trailer, he's like, yeah, I'll just sit here and read. What's he going to do if somebody tries to take it? <laughs> like, hey, don't take that trailer. <laughs> like, if if four guys roll up and they're like, hey, we're going to take this trailer, he's just going to sit in his okay. buggy's chair. And he's going to be like, all right, well, see you guys. Good luck to y'all. We <laughs> we, we know that uh, that is a, a 10 millimeter right there. So, so we just <laughs> We go into Bro Bridge, you know, and we leave Dennis there. And as soon as you get off the freeway into Bro Bridge, there's a tire shop. Bam! Right there. And I'm like, they set this tire shop. And they it's knew. Like, yeah. They knew. Exactly. That hump, that hump is knocked <laughs> out some tires. <laughs> so we get a, uh, I tell them what's up. They loan me a four way. I get over there. I take the tire off. I bring it back to them. They, you know, put a new tire on. I go ahead and I, no, I bought one. That's right. I bought a whole new tire and, and wheel from them. And then I went and put it on. And then I drove back and put two brand new tires on the wheels. And because I did not want to have another problem. Right. So I, I get it back and I tell Jonathan what happens. He goes, Oh man, that's probably my fault, dude. I should have told you, I just the like the weekend prior, I carried a, a safe that was like eighteen hundred pounds. Oh God! <laughs> in that trailer, all the way from like the woodlands to 
uh, Lake Jackson. And I was like, dude, your axle's not even rated for 1,800 pounds, man. It didn't matter. Yeah. So, anyway, check the... Yeah, you're, if you're trailering, make sure that you got the story, the full story on the trailer. I now carry two spare tires with me on every trailer that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I now carry uh, plenty of you know sockets um, that will fit my breaker bar for whatever lug nut situation I might be in. But I also check to make sure that my hubs are in good shape. My boat trailer does not have regular hubs um, or regular suspension even. So I'm constantly checking that to make sure it's in good shape. My kayak trailer has wet hubs, and that has probably been the most amazing upgrade I've ever made to a trailer. So instead of having greased bearings in the hubs, it has a wet hub that has um, oil in the hub, and there's a reservoir that holds that oil there, so it's always constantly lubricating um, the hub pretty can awesome. you see can you see how much oil's left yep. in there yeah it's a clear um plastic um cover so if i ever bust that it'll probably be screwed i was gonna say can the oil be added or it's just yes. like actually completely you, redo the hub so i i do maintenance on that hub probably once every two years and all i do is drain the old oil and put new oil in it man that's it and it's good to go it's an Awesome, awesome option to have. So, checking your equipment, making sure your equipment's roadworthy for the trip. I've never had a vehicle break down on me. Knock on some damn wood here. Yeah, you better knock on wood. Um, they've always been in tip-top shape to make those trips. Um, all right, so getting back to, you know, I made a comment about having the right people with you on these trips you need to make sure and i think you saw on my post i put on there dedicated right dedicated fishermen Pe- people well I'm, i wanted people that were dedicated to make the trip and i wanted people that were committed you didn't tag me in it i just had to see it. you already you told me you weren't you weren't going fool yeah i don't think i'm going next year yeah that's gonna be so, the following year i've got to recuperate financially from this house so these have to be people that are 100% committed because there have been times where I've planned this whole trip, tournament fees and everything, and had people back out on me. One time we had a group of... You had of, a lot of people back out on you. We had a group of almost 12 and half of them backed out. I got stuck with the bill. Some of these people were adamant they wanted their money back. Okay, I sold a kayak so that I could get them their money back. That's the burden that you take on whenever you decide to plan one of these trips, though. So, making sure that the people that you go with, it's okay if you have not had a, if you've not gone on a trip with these people, because it's all about building new relationships. And, and meeting new people while you're there, but also meeting new people along the journey, along the trip. You know, people mm-hmm. that you haven't had these, you know, maybe you've fished with them before in your local waters, but you haven't really taken a trip with them before. 
Um, but knowing that they're going to be committed and they're going to do right by you and the other people that are along for the trip is very important, man. And be, they got to be trustworthy. When Whenever we used to have our, our little camping trips and New Year's, you know, we had the, the two asshole rule. So if you invited an asshole once, okay, maybe you just didn't know how he was after he had a few drinks and sat around the camp. Yeah, you're the, you're the guy going, dude, I'm sorry, I had no idea. Yeah, I Your had no eyes idea. are all like wide going, whoa. <laughs> exactly. But if that happens twice, you're out of the group. Like you're not going to You're not going to get You're not invited on the next one cuz you made a bad decision. And I, we we don't want we don't want it ruined by by your dumb decisions and choice and friends. People listening to this podcast probably know, um, especially if you've been listening for a long time, I might have been that guy a few times. (laughs) But (coughs) never while we're on events, never while we're at, you know, a camping trip, on a camping trip. It's just I was the asshole before the camping trip, so I would get uninvited to things. Um You've been kicked out of a couple group chats. Yeah. I'll just say it like that. I'm I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to tell people the way it is. And there's a lot of people out there that don't like that. And it's whatever, you know. But you've you've calmed down a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Well, that was a decade ago. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got more gray hair now. I think that's what it is. It's the gray hair. It's the gray hair. The gray hair is the end of you. You don't feel like arguing with stupid people anymore. Like the yeah, older I, I you definitely get, the don't le- argue with. Yeah, yeah. The older you get, the less you argue with folks just to get your point across. You just like, yep, you're right, bud. <laughs> I get into these Facebook posts sometimes, reading them, and I'm like, oh man, I could type up so much crap. But then I, you know what? I go, let's have fun the other direction. Yeah. You know, so this guy, you know, the other day, he's like, oh man, that. You know, this town is just full of nothing but streetwalkers and hookers. And, you know, you go to the corner of blah, blah, blah street and you can find one that'll do anything for a bottle of vodka. And I was like, man, this is actually a nice town that he's talking about. I could go off on him. But instead, bro, it sounds like you know from experience where the <laughs> where this streetwalker is at. You sure you aren't causing the problem in the town? You know, I'm thinking that, and I'm like, nah, just don't even, don't even get into it. Don't even post on it. We have our neighborhood Facebook page, and it just kills me. Like these, oh, you're probably full of Karens, full of Karens. These folks' life have to be so miserable. Like I'm not exaggerating. There was a lady that went in there and wrote like a. A three scroll with your thumb, you know, a three good flip with your thumb long post because she was upset that there were some teenagers on golf carts that weren't using their hand signals whenever they were turning. I'm like, the there's speed no limit. kids, there's not a single kid that knows. I don't even think they teach hand signals in driver's ed anymore. The speed limit's like 20 in the whole neighborhood, and you're mad that during, this was during the summer, you're mad during the summer that some kids are out, and it, she was saying it was like 8 or 9 o'clock. I'm like, you're not talking about 2 in the morning, some kids are out drunk on the dang golf carts, driving around the golf course, like that's one thing. You're just mad because 
around dusk, somebody wasn't using hand signals on their golf cart, and it was a teenager. Jesus Christ! How how bad does your life? Have I do to be find I do find get home that and stuff. Want to type that up? I do find that stuff quite entertaining, though at times. Oh, very much so. It's people watching. Like yeah. those subdivision deals are like going to the mall and people watching. It's it's the same type of thing. Drew absolutely loves people watching. I love it because I'm we've, the judgiest person yeah, in the world. We've gone to bars together, and and you know we don't have to, you know, be in the crowd. We're just kind of often the shadows somewhere, you know, having drinks, and and Drew's like, "Oh shit, I just found a group of people that are just as judgy as we are." Because <laughs> they're over there pointing they're over at the there same the, people that like, we were just talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have never experienced bar atmospheres like that before in my life. I just want you to know, man. That is so fun. <laughs> I need to go back. I have that is the last time I went to a bar, Chris, is when me and you went. That was probably enough. Like what was that? Five years ago? It was about four five years, years ago. ago five, yeah. yeah, four or five four years ago. Four years ago. Whoo. That was fun. That was Yeah, fun. I really don't do bars, man. I really don't do going out that much. We've got a my wife's got a work event coming up and i'm like oh, yeah i'm gonna go but i'd rather go fishing uh, i don't mind going to events every once in a while but i'd rather i'd rather go fishing more than events i'd rather go on a camping trip or something like that then indeed then then spend my time you know trying to impress people for no reason because they they will not be amused by me because i'm not going to ponder to their lame jokes like i so, i i don't I, I could care less getting back on track on the on the um the trip thing drew if you're not familiar with the waters that you're going to fish what are some of the things the tactics that you would use in order to maybe become more successful especially if you're tournament fishing I think tournament fishing, it's it's going to be a little rough because I would say, like, reach out to the community that is there, you know, stalk some of the Facebook pages um, for that area to try to find some spots or try to find where people are having success. But if you're tournament fishing, you're not going to find a lot of people that are going to be willing to talk mm-hmm. and, and help you out. I mean, I actually think making some quote-unquote, like, allies. Allies, So, hey, you know, we're coming to Jacksonville, dude. I'm not asking for your secret spot, but just, like, throw me a bone here, and when you guys come for the Texas leg of this, I'm going to do the same. Like, we, you need to maybe try to find you some allies in in that way. And I mean, and just Google Earth. I mean, fish are going to be in fishy places. So here's the great thing about Florida is that you can drive anywhere, to fish no matter where you're staying in about two hours <laughs> for both, I mean, both both sides up and down yeah yeah but it takes you about two hours to get you know and and i'll for a tournament i'll i'll drive three hours to go fish somewhere for a tournament so you know that's pretty much my threshold i've already talked about that before you know two and a half to three hours um florida two and a half to three hours you can be almost anywhere so I, I told these guys that, you know, I'm putting trying to put together this trip for. I'm like, look, I've got plenty of places that I can point you out, you know, point you in, in plenty of directions to go fish. Don't worry about that. But you know how how I 
acquired that that information is a by having friends in those locations right um people that i'm close with that i actually just go and and fish with not just tournaments but i spend time with them anyway um b local forums okay mm-hmm. if you're going to go fish pensacola look for a, fin- a pensacola fishing forum and get on there and and you don't have to necessarily engage although it's probably good if you do but lurk in the background and just read posts okay don't just read the most recent posts read go last back. year's go yeah. back to the time of year go go back to the same time of year as when you're going last year and yep. the year before that and the year before that do a couple years worth of research i bet you you'll find a pattern of where you know some good fishing is taking place um i have done some some stalking before where and this was great this was fantastic the i i found a newspaper article of a dad and his son were you at the public library like oh <laughs> looking through the no it was what is it that was, thing called uh, where you flip through the microfiche yeah <laughs> You no, it was old newspapers. Christmas, it was like, in 1967. I, I say the a newspaper article running in Jacksonville. It was online, an online okay. newspaper. Okay, okay. So, like this, Marina posts their online, you know, news articles, just like That's the Saltwater, yeah. the Saltwater, you know, Angler Magazine or something like that. So the Marina posts their um, their online article, and um, I find the guy on Facebook. And I send him a message, and I just compliment him on, you know, the outstanding fishing trip that him and his son made. Uh, you know, share with him the fact that I, too, fish with my kids. And we end up, like, buddying up a couple times and going fishing. And he even takes me out on, on his offshore boat. Um, and, you know, my son catches a fish of the lifetime. Um you know, make connections with people in these areas that you're going to fish. It's important. Isn't that so weird, Chris? And this this isn't about, like, the fishing. But isn't it so weird that we have the availability nowadays to make connections with people Hundreds of miles away. All over the world. Thousands. But... I think people are making less real connections now than they have ever before when, but you have the means to make like thousands of real life connections and networking and actually talk to people. Like it's so weird. How many go, go ahead. Every year on Facebook memories, this memory pops up and it's me, you know, tagging, hundreds of people on Facebook saying, you know, I can have a conversation with you right here, right now on Facebook. I can have a conversation with you behind Facebook on messenger, but, and and it's easy. I do it in, in the flick of a wrist, the tap of my finger. I can get that done, but how hard would it be for us to get together and fish? Yes. How hard would it be? And and these people, I chose people that were not in the state of Texas. 
I chose people that were in Virginia and Pennsylvania and even California. And I tagged these people in that. And I was like, you know, you're from all corners of the United States. I can have a conversation with you anytime I want. But how hard would it be for me to actually fish with you? You know, whether it's in my waters or your waters. And honestly, it, it becomes more difficult um, for that to happen. Now, I, I make it happen with people that are in my favorite places of the United States. You know, mm. I love Florida. I love going to Florida. I love fishing Florida. I love Louisiana. I love fishing in Louisiana. I love fishing in Texas. I like fishing the Great Lakes. That's a pretty, it's a pretty cool place to fish. Um, and I've met a lot of people in Ohio because I go to Ohio to go fish. With gobies. Lots, <laughs> lots of gobies for bait. Those are the the most crazy little bastards to fish with, but they're I great ju- bait. I just think it's odd, you know. I try to make it a point to talk to everyone I see at these weigh-ins that I know. And if I didn't say hi to you this year at GRS and you looked at me and you were like, oh, man, he didn't say hi. This dude was always in a rush to go somewhere. You were. You were a lot. Not always. But if if I didn't say hi, it's because you don't look like your Facebook profile picture. That's another. And and I don't don't know who you are. That's another one. Like, like, I don't recognize people in 3D. (laughs) It's hard. Um, and I, do, I think I sometimes don't look approachable, so people don't come up to me to talk to me. I think and, this podcast has made you much more approachable, though. People, people come up and talk to you now. They, they do. There's quite a few people that will, but yeah, I, for a long time I was, people, I think they thought that I was unapproachable, and so they didn't talk to me. And I was turned off by the way people acted at, at events, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their clicks, and they don't want to move away from their clicks. I I like to talk to everybody, man. I have a hard time. If you bring me a beer, we're talking. <laughs> we're going to have a conversation. We're Yeah. Anybody that brings me a beer, man, we're we're talking. Um, that's that's like a, an awesome handshake right there. That's a handshake that means something. Well, Shake think, hands with a beer. I think GRS might, might have forced the kayakers like to all become one click. At the at those tournaments, that's why we were all around the same people. We talking. had, dude, Drew, um, Hunter constantly thanks us for for the uh, the group of people that that we reached out to and getting all the the kayakers involved. Um, it, we were the most consistent group of fishermen that they had. The kayakers did really really well, and it's just going to get larger next year. Next season, we're going to have even more kayakers involved. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. But that that's one of the things, too, why we wanted to have this bro staff meetup coming up October 1st, and we wanted to do it every year because we can interact with you guys on Facebook. I know you guys, if you're, if you're listening to this, obviously you listen to the podcast, you know, you, you've kind of grown to know me and Chris a little bit, but we, we want to know the bro staff. Like we want to meet you guys. If it wasn't for the bro staff meetup, we would have only met Don and Kyle and, you know, guys like that, that have been there from the beginning. We would have only met them just through, just through Facebook. We wouldn't have known that, you know, Kyle has a flamethrower. Pyro, Pyro Kyle. Yeah, and is a gourmet cook, and, and Don has a vehicle that has every single thing in it that you could ever need. 
uh, including coffee for Chris after the Voodoo Rangers. You get to you get to learn our him. idiosyncrasies, man. You know things that make us individuals and make us a little bit different than everybody else because we all have that one common thing, which is fishing. Yep. Um, but you know, usually people have to play the game bald or not with uh, with Drew over here. That's true. I will be bald for now until ever. Now, until just put ever. it out there. If you see me with a hat on or not, you know, not a hat. Just know underneath there, it's bald. It's it's bald. <laughs> There's not going to be any here. There, we're all good. But we are encouraging you guys. You know, this this show was all about just tripping. wasn't about straight tripping. It's about just tripping. Trying to give you some tips, some tools, some hints for for making making these trips happen but we all know you don't want to take these trips alone get with some boys get with yeah, some friends get some homies man go on some trips and enjoy each other outside of social media you know outside of just liking someone's video or you know don't get so self self-absorbed in making your own videos and content that you cannot just go hang with the bros because I guarantee you guys, if you come to the bro staff meetup, if you come down to the benefit for heroes on the water and everybody's just hanging out, by the time you leave, there is at least going to be 10, 15, 20 people that go, whoo, man, I really needed that. Like, yeah. I, I need that. They get back home and they, they get back home and they're like, Damn, I can't wait to do that again next year. Yes, I really needed that. And I, I don't think that we do enough of that. We get so caught up hustle and bustle of work, you know, hustle and bustle social media, hustle and bustle of just life in general, that we don't take enough time to go do stuff that we truly love doing with other like-minded people that enjoy that same type of stuff. So we are encouraging you to go out and do more. I'm ready for it. By the way, guys, uh, I will be out there Friday night, and I know a large group of us will be showing up Friday night. Um, it's not just Saturday night, you know, mm-hmm. fishing sun, fishing Saturday, Saturday night, and you know, packing up on Sunday. Um, come out Friday night too if you're if you want to. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try. I'll probably get down there late <laughs> Friday night. We'll see. I'm not gonna be able to take off much time because I gotta take time off the week I'll, before i'm gonna start building the big bonfire friday and i don't think we're gonna light it though until saturday night that that's gonna be a big bonfire yeah hopefully we get another cool front because if we don't get a cool front it's just gonna be a bunch then, of sweaty asses it's gonna be hot <laughs> we're just gonna be doing like the the uh the indian sweat treatment in the tent with the fire in the middle and everything and watching yellowstone or something yeah (laughs) someone's got some uh what is called anawaski what's it called i have no clue bro uh i probably butchered that so somebody tell me if i did but Chris, man, you ready to get off here? I, I think I think we've I'm ready to get out enough for now. I'm about. To yeah, I'm still trying to get over my COVID cough, man. So, oh, that's right, that's right. You're you're just getting back from. COVID. Uh, no, it's been about a couple a, weeks, about, but what, two weeks. Yeah, it, but you know what? It took me two weeks to, well, about ten days to, to test negative, and uh, after that, you know, this cough it just has lingered, and the doctor is like, yeah, it could stay around for quite a while, so. Has the brain Man. fog went completely away? I never really had brain fog. 
I was, I was just I tired. I was just tired. I was exhausted. I had brain fog. You know, you know what's giving me brain fog right now? That's 10 o'clock? Oh, no. Buying furniture. Jeez, <laughs> like, looking at new furniture, I'm like, oh, God. Hey, come on down to the south side. Go to uh, American Furniture Warehouse. You'll have a great time and find some good stuff, man. We have one up here. We have an oh, American Furniture. Just opened up. Yep. Yeah, you'll find everything there. But I, I, I'm I'm doing coastal modern decor. That's what the new new house is going to be uh, done in in the living room and the kitchen. So I got to find some stuff that is coastal modern. Okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're getting out of here. See ya. Peace.